Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan, and I'm proud to welcome you to this episode of our fabulous podcast. Joining me is the man himself, Mr. Regold. Welcome, Ree. Hey, hey, excited to be here. We're talking about summer camps today and summer events. In Australia, summer is just just behind us. We're just coming into winter. But where you are, dance studio owners all over the country are gearing up for their summer programs. That is correct. And this is the right time of the year for the people on our side of the world to start thinking about it and marketing, marketing it as well. It's important, isn't it, to make sure that you've got a plan for the summer. It is a long break, um, especially on your side of the world, and, and it's important to be able to keep income flowing into the studio through that time. Yes, and I believe if you do it the right way, Stacey, it's also an opportunity to bring in new faces who you might not bring into the studio through the regular dance class program. Yeah, and that's such a good opportunity to build that loyalty. Agreed. So where do we start as teachers and studio owners when we have all of these ideas about what we could do over the summer, you know, and but part of us wants to have a break as well. So it's all about planning and, and consistency and, and getting that all down on paper and then out into the community. Where do we start when we're planning our summer camps? So I look at it as I'm going to start thinking about themes. What's been going on during the last year that the younger children are into? But before we start, I want to say this. It's not so much about dance. Don't think of it as a dance camp. Think of it as a summer activity camp. Because when we begin to roll here, you're going to see that only a small portion of this is about the movement. So I, I, I look at a recipe for a, a children's summer camp. In a little while, we'll talk about ages. Here's my recipe. I have an activity or a craft that relates to the theme, and that happens every day. I have, and by the way, all I have to do usually is go on Google and search activities under the theme and and all kinds of activities come up on Google. And I choose what I think is appropriate for my camp or sit around with the faculty and decide what they feel. But Google is the inspiration for just setting the ideas out there in the first place. Yeah, you'd be surprised how much is out there. Yes, and and there's another place that I'm going to talk about how easy it is to find things. So my next thing is movement and music that fits my theme. Uh, I find that Amazon is the best, especially for children's music. I also like to have a coloring page for each day. And I find those by doing a Google search as well uh, for my theme or something similar to my theme. Uh, they're usually downloadable and free. We all have costumes and props that are uh, in the closets of our studio, kids who didn't pick them up or didn't participate in the recital. I say, Phil, like, call it a treasure chest full of costumes and props, and that's part of this recipe. Oh, I love that. 
the treasure chest. <laughs> my children, when I would go to the studio, would just be diving in and out the treasure chest every day. There you go. And it's something we already have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tumbling and obstacle course. So any kind of tumbling equipment that you have, I think that time could be spent on that in every session. And uh, also I go for story time, short books, but are, that are related to the theme. So I'd go on Amazon, look under children's books, uh, search by the age level of the camp, and you'll find several books. And I like one for each day, usually takes about a half hour to read the book and talk about the book. And also I'd say to everybody who's thinking about summer camps, Oriental Trading, uh, you can go there online, they'll send you catalogs, they have so much uh, good stuff, inexpensive, you can buy in large quantities, they can be gifts that the kids can go home with, toys that they can play with within the camp. I feel like Oriental Trading is your camp partner, and I have nothing to do with Oriental Trading. <laughs> but if it's a good resource, that's perfect, thank you. Also, uh, once you invest in a theme, you now have a theme that can be used as a birthday party. So I don't want our listeners to just say, okay, these are summer camps. I look at it, I go, okay, now I have all of the tools that I need to offer this as a birthday party. And also, we happen to be talking about summer camps. In the States, there are a lot of people who do one-day camps on Saturdays so they can keep kids occupied while parents are shopping or doing other things, and they call it a one-day camp. Once you've created this camp, you can use it for other activities. I love the idea of using it, using the thing that you've already got throughout the year, because once you've invested in, in all the bits and pieces, throwing it in on a Saturday you know, during the middle of your season is the perfect way to to bring in new people to the studio. Maybe they've got a friend from down the road or someone from school that they want to bring along with them if they're already a student of yours. And that way you're continuing your brand in, in the community, but also bringing a new student. Yes, yes. You know, I laughed at first when I heard that people were doing, you know, a one-day camp. I'd say, well, is it all day? Just thinking a camp had to be a long time. But no, they're two-and-a-half, three-hour camps. They have a theme. They keep the kids occupied, and parents are loving it. And it's just uh, it's inexpensive because it's a three-hour session, and a lot of parents like to have that time without their kids if they can find something good for them to be into. Absolutely. And during the year, not so much in summer if people like your older students are going away, but for those one-off events that you do during the year when everybody's still you know, in town, I love to ask my senior intensive students and my teacher trainees to come along to those events and they get so excited. They dress up as the fairy or the princess or whatever the camp theme is and, and come along and help out. Yes, yes. And you know, I don't, we don't have this as a question, but I'm going to jump in and say this. When you get into these camps and you create the themes, the people that lead the camp or teach the camp, they have to be able to get into acting like a four-year-old or acting like a six-year-old. You, you have to put the right person in place to lead this camp. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how... I structure them, the length of them and things at this point, okay? 
Go for it. I look at the camps as two or three day camps. Incidentally, we're back to the summer here. So I look at it as two or three day camps. When I started, I used to do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then one year I did all three days in a row and the attendance doubled on the three days in a row. I'm giving you the advice not to skip days, pick three days or two days and run it consecutively. So for age levels, I think... I can go three to five, but I like three to four. But if it's your first time, I go three to five. Another age level is six and seven. And another age level is eight to 10. However, you can divide those up uh, how you feel matching ages will work in your school. Um, So I look at a camp length as three hours per day. So I like a nine to 12. Yeah. However, you can do a 10 to one. I like nine to 12. I feel like parents like that and they get it over with. They can go to the beach or do something else and uh, have the rest of the day to themselves. As I brought up earlier, but I have it here in my notes, they can be summer one-day camps. And hear this, you could do those summer one-day camps and you could have three in a row, but three different themes. Do you follow that? Yeah, I like the sound of that. That's not something I've tried. So then somebody can sign up for two days if they have it free. They can do all three if they want to. Someone can do one. It's three different themes. If you weren't there the first day, you didn't miss anything. You get to start over with everybody else. And I kind of like that idea. And is there a price incentive in setting it up that way, Ree? Do you do you incentivize them coming for the three days and therefore they get a discounted price or does it um, stay separate? No, you know what? If I was encouraging them to do the three days, yes, I'd give a discounted price. But honestly, I might go up on the single day so that I'm still getting the three-day price if somebody signs up for the three days. Did I? Did you follow me there? Yeah. Yep. I like that. Because a summer camp for three days would be a certain price. But if you're coming in for one, I might charge a little higher price for that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, one more note I want to make on that. Think boys and girls. Summer camps have a lot of boys if we're not only doing princess camps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Follow that? Yeah. It's important. And thinking about how you bring those boys in through the way that you're going to market it and advertise it, not always just using the pictures of the girls. Yes, yes, yes. And you bring up something. If you're new to putting on a summer camp, the first time you do it, go in the room and snap pictures through the whole event so that next year you can use them for marketing and selling your programs. Yeah, perfect. And you talked about age groups, Re, in that you want to break it up. What I've been finding successful in, in the last summer program that I ran was I advertised it from five to 10 years. But when I got the registrations, I found that some were five and six and some were, you know, eight, nine, 10. And so I split them up on the day and had two instructors in there, but I kind of had a bigger 
slice of the pie, so to speak, when I was advertising it, that more people thought, oh, that's, that's for my daughter or son. They could go to that. I love that concept. Great. Yeah. Good for you, Stacey. You're <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> so we're talking, we did talk briefly about price and, and time. How do you kind of put that together, the three hours for the, for the one day? Where, do you sit, okay. where does that sit price-wise? So this is, I uh, have a pricing uh, recipe that's a part of this. So I look at my class rate. What does it cost for a child to attend a single class in my studio? So if I'm $60 monthly, they do four classes a week. That comes to $15 per class. So I'm going to base this on that. Let's say I was doing a three-day camp and it was three hours per day. My $15 an hour times nine comes to $135. And then I'd probably add 10 to $15 for the crafts and other activities. So I'd probably land at a price point of 139 to 149 for I a three-day three camp, uh, nine hours. Yep. Did you follow that strategy? Yeah, because it's important not to, to price yourself out of what people would be paying to come to you in the regular season. You don't want people to only come to summer things because they're kind of the cheaper option. You'd like to kind of entice people to come in through the summer program. And then when you give them your pricing structure for regular classes, it's not a shock that it's, you know, so different. No, I, I I believe that when it comes to to running a summer camp, I, I feel like I need an office manager in there at least part of the time. I feel like I need a couple of teachers. I actually feel like running the camp is a little bit more work than your average class. So I'm going to charge at least what I charge for a class. Yeah. I have seen some teachers um, in my area doing summer programs and, and being ridiculously cheap in the hope that they would get people through the door and, and be able to convert those to permanent students. But my, my thought around that was if you're, if that's who you're advertising to, are, are they really the people that you want to be converting to permanent students, people that are just going for the lowest price? Or do you want to be able to put out a really good product and then convert that, that kind of audience to come in and, and stay with you forever? So, Stacy, I have to be honest about that one. I have never seen anybody whose strategy was to undercut or offer lower pricing because that'll get more people in. Most of the time, they can't afford to do what it is they're trying to do at the cost or at the price that they're charging. I'm a big believer in people feel, let's say I charge 12 and you charge 15. There are some people who will look and go, I got to be getting more for my 15. So I'm going with the 15. Yes. I have, a, I have a problem with people who feel like they should be the least expensive and that's their sales tactic. You're going to be strapped forever. Strapped forever and you're going to attract the wrong demographic. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. So that's where I'd go with the pricing. Now let's, you, let's talk about marketing. Oh, this and, is good. This is my favorite bit. How do we okay. get people in the door? 
so now uh, some of our listeners might say, okay, what Reed's about what Reed just said is a pipe dream, but if I can have all of my camps figured out, days scheduled, all of that, uh, let's say in November for us in the States. So in November, we're at the start of our winter. I would be ready, let's say December 1, to start marketing my summer camps as a gift so now grandparents and other people who have children to buy for will see this as an option. So I would put it out there at the beginning of December and sell it like this. Like they're going to get a discount. The camp is $139. they will save 20%. And they'll get some sort of like inexpensive tutu or a pair of ballet shoes that the uh, grandparent or the person giving the gift can wrap up and give to the child. Perfect. So did you follow that? Grandparents like to buy their children dance. Yes. And if you took postcards with this deal and you laid them in all of the elderly living spaces, you'd see how many people would look at this and go, hmm, it's a great concept. So that's that's called early bird marketing. If you said to me, when should I really have it together if I can't pull that off? Uh, Mid-January. By the time mid-January comes, parents are thinking about what their kids are going to do. It might be as easy as save the date in January. Oh, I like that. I've never done that before. So now they all know, but you're not quite ready for registration. Yeah. Yep. That's great. So then I would probably think that I'd open my registration February. And so let's say I was going to say February, March, but I'm thinking as we're talking February. Yeah. And for the month of February and March, you get an early bird discount. So I can do an early bird discount one of two ways. I could start the camp. Let's say my, my price point was 139 I could start the camp at 149 and give 139 price to everybody who registers before the end of March. Mm-hmm. That, way, that way I'm not losing if I budgeted this. Or... I could go in and give a nice discount and see how many people that I get in and uh, could be worth it because the quantity of people that register by March could be larger than had you not offered the discount. Yeah. What about uh, discounts for regular customers? So if you've got students that are already part of your school, are you giving them a discount over the general public for an event like this? The answer to that is yes. So this is this is a concept. It's not mine. And I don't know, maybe we talked about this, but it's okay to refresh it. I have a friend who, and I don't know if you all in Australia charge a registration fee. Yes, I definitely do. Okay, she calls her registration fee a membership fee. So now you're a member of the studio. So things like summer camps have a member price and a non-member price. Oh, nice. 
Do you follow that? Yes. Yes. So now if you have the holidays coming up and you want parents to buy studio gear, you can give members a discount. So instead of them getting upset about having to pay a registration fee and not knowing what that's for, it's a membership fee that gives them all of these discounts throughout the year. That's great because membership is really language that parents, especially parents who've never done dance before, they understand that they're members of clubs and they're members of, you know, other groups and and ticketing agents and things like that. So that's that. I'm going to change my language on that, Ray. Okay, so and add to that that if you're a, if you have a dancer at the school, all of those kids are members. So now they can come to the summer camp as a uh, member at the member price because one member of their family is a part of it, and then you can get siblings to come in. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so so that's a good idea. Now, for me, uh, when the February rolls around, I'm d- starting email blasts, and this is this is how I feel about who gets my email blast. I'm going to try to focus in more on the preschool parent rather yep. than sending it out to the whole school, but. Also, I'm going to send it out to preschool parents who have come and gone over the last three years. So I'm not just sending out to the people who are currently at my studio. I'm sending out to anybody who's been registered at my studio in the last three years because somebody may have stopped taking class but would definitely do a summer camp or brothers and sisters. It's important to keep that database, isn't it, of people that have left you and not kind of go, oh, they're gone, so <laughs> cross them off the list. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have an issue with that. I think there are a lot of people who do that, and um, I, I've seen many people come back because now they have a different reason to come back, or they have a second child, or the comeback doesn't come from that family. It comes from a relative because I stayed in touch with the parent, the relative asked about dance and the relative was told you should go to so-and-so school because Mm. I stayed in that client's mind, whether they were with me or not. Yeah, no, that's fabulous. Good advice, Ray. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So there's my email blast. It's also going to be on the website. So hear this. It's going to be on the website. And it's going to be on the home page, some let's call it graphic or little advertisement for what we have going on on in the summer. And anybody who comes will be able to click that graphic and go directly to the page of what's going on in the summer. Yep. Okay. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to find. They don't want to have to trip over recital information and things about costumes and everything else that we've got going on. They want to be able to go straight, straight to what they're looking for. Yes. And if they are looking for summer and it's lost somewhere up in a drop down box, they're going to get frustrated. Yes. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely doing it on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram. And I want to make a note here. I'm not going to, uh, at least I know I can do this on Facebook, Instagram. We got this tricks around it. But the URL that I use in that ad is not going to be the home page of my website. It's going to be the page that's promoting the summer. Absolutely. It's so important. 
Some of us are just putting our homepage out there and that isn't going to do the trick for somebody who's in a hurry. No, and it's not going to give you any um, leverage when it comes to checking your analytics to see how many people clicked through that ad or how many people have signed up. Correct, correct, correct. So yes, it's a, that's a little tidbit. If, I, if I'm advertising preschool classes, I'm driving that person with that ad directly to the preschool page. Yep. That is so key because many dance studios have a busy home page. And I also look at it as that home page is geared towards the students they already have. Think about a brand new person coming to your website. Is it easy for them to navigate and get their answers to the questions that they may have? Yeah. Will they be overwhelmed by all the things you've got going on if you're only talking to your current customers on, especially on that homepage of your website. It's so important to be able to use that as a marketing platform to entice people to want to join your community. Agreed. Okay. So I have one more thing on here is I'm still a guy who creates some flyers. So I create flyers to give to all of the kids in January, February. It could be the save the date with coupons. I, I try to bring those flyers to other preschools with the coupons and make sure that there's some incentive on that flyer to promote your camp. That's awesome. Does that flyer have what in terms of the URL, do you send people to a URL on that flyer to, to buy tickets or is that a, they need to drop into your office? How does that work? I put a URL up there. Yeah. So let's say I'm ABC school of dance. So my, maybe my URL is ABC dance backslash summer. It should be that simple. You should not have a long, hard to, let's say that I can't figure it out in a glance. I have to keep looking back. That's not good. No, that's good advice. Okay. So I want to, I want to add something to this. How do you turn this into how it's good for your business? Use it as a sales tool. So first of all, at the end of your program, those activities that the kids did, maybe a short 30-second movement dance that they did or tumbling that they learned. On the last day, bring the parents in, let them see the crafts, let them see what the kids learned. And then at that point, give those parents coupons for a half-off registration fee or last month's tuition free if you register your child for next season's classes and make there be an incentive. Mm -hmm. And give a time limit on it. I say less than two weeks after the camp should be the deadline. And then if someone calls me three weeks later, I might give them the deal. But I've learned that if I leave the deal open too long, they forget about it. Do you make sure your office is staffed for that, you know, that, that afternoon when you know the parents are coming in so that they can sign up straight away? Yeah, I could do that. No problem. Absolutely. If I could get them to go straight away, that would be great. Yeah. No, I love that. So you could do it is if you want to do it today, it's this. However, you have two weeks and then it'll be that. Yep. Okay. So now you're not forcing someone who feels uncomfortable making a decision. 
from going home and discussing it with their husband or whatever. And you'll also have the one whose kid is so excited, they sign him up right then and there. Yeah, I love that. Uh, for the first couple of years that I ran summer events, I I was so into the art and craft and the movement and what I was going to teach and what was going to happen that I gave no thought to that second step. And really, when you think about it, that's that's vital. That's perhaps more important than what, what colouring in page you're going to print off the internet because it's yes, those yes. customers, you've got them there. They're in the room already. They want, they want more. How do you, you know, that journey that you're taking the customer on is so important to think out and so important to action when, when you're doing your planning. Yes. And, and you just made me think of another sales gimmick on this. Um, take that discount or that coupon and put it on a page with a class picture because the class picture will go up on the refrigerator and the coupon will be in their face the whole time. Oh, I like that. Did you follow? Yes. Nice. Okay. And they'll probably save the class picture the, the whole life of the child. And we can easily do that with our phone and print them out on the last day before the parents come. Yep. Yep. As a little take home. I like that. Yes. Uh, got any questions so far? Well, no, I think we've really covered everything, Re. I mean, we're going to do a different episode that's going to be more of a intensive, intensive discussion on, on summer programs to run for, for your other students. But as far as summer camps go, can you rattle off a list of themes that you know that are working or that have worked for you in the past? Yes. So, so I have a list here, but I, I would like to say this. Uh, the camp that, that I know of that did the best in the last couple of years was Frozen, okay? And I wouldn't have called it Frozen if I did it. I had a friend who called it Frozen with Friends, and they did a Frozen camp, and that particular camp you could bring your friends. So you can come up with a theme, but don't use the theme of the movie or something like that. Mm. Follow that? Absolutely. You want to, don't want to get yourself into trouble. So, but do think about what movies and books are hot during the last year that young young people or children and preschoolers are into and and revolve a theme or come up with a creative way, which all of us dance people are, to make everybody believe that the theme is what you want it to be, but you're actually got a twist on the name. Yeah. So I um teddy bear adventures is a good theme and they all bring their teddy bears and they dance with their teddy bears and they introduce their teddy bears to other kids i love under the big top all about circus and animals and i can do balance beam i can do all kinds of things minion is is popular now you could do a minion camp under the sea rock stars is a good camp tickle me elmo camp so you could go anywhere there's all kinds of elmo music all kinds of like elmo has a doll that's uh the hokey pokey doll and elmo does the hokey pokey you could put that in the middle of the circle elmo is teaching the kids how to do the hokey pokey <laughs> and everybody's having a blast i love it um uh, this also right now, I, I think it, I think it's come out already, but the little mermaid is back out. 
and that's popular. I can build a whole theme around mermaids and mermen so that I can have boys. Mm -hmm. Spa day camp. So spa and relaxation and kids can do their nails. They can sit in lounge chairs, make believe they're at the beach. There's all kinds that they can do. Makeup. They can do here more of a girls' camp, but a, a really popular one. Wonderful. I like uh, girl power. Of course, it's not going to be for boys, but it's all about uh, women who are in history that inspire, also building confidence, also teaching girls that they can accomplish anything. A little bit older. But I just love the name Girl Power and having a group of kids leave after three days being confident in themselves because they are women. Oh, that fits so well in with, you know, my studio values. That would be perfect and a perfect way to start off the year, having them coming into class, you know, feeling great. Yes, yes. I have a couple more here. Every day is a holiday. That leaves you totally open to all the holidays during the year. You can do Christmas in the summer. Actually, for you guys, your summer is Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so every day is a holiday. And And for those of you that do princess camp, you could call it princess and night camp. And so the boys are knights. And that way you can open that up. Uh, I like Hollywood camp. I like cruise ship. Uh, I have surf safari here. Um, I also, where, where is it? Oh, Animal Planet. I like Animal Planet because every kid likes animals. And I can find books and stories and themes. And we can move like animals. And we can tumble and do all kinds of animal-like things. And parents like it and kids like it. Yeah, that's an easy one. And good for boys and girls. Good for boys and girls, yes. So that's what I got. You got any creative ones? Well, I hope everyone was writing as furiously as I was. I ran out of room on my piece of paper. <laughs> um, we do a princess tea party. See, the thing with me, Ree, is it's so great. I come to the Dance Life Teacher Conference and everybody is in the middle of their summer. You guys are. And so yes. everyone's got all the ideas. So then I bring all those ideas home, you know, in August and have August, September to plan out my summer. And then I pretty much just copy everything that's been working for you guys. Um, awesome. so we, this year we did a princess tea party. We always do fairy dance day. Fairy dance day is a one day camp that we do throughout the year. Uh, we did twirling trolls this year and we also did Moana magic. Mm. Moana should have been on this list. The kids love it. And I have yes, a beautiful yes. teacher that, you know, loves to wear her hair out and a, and a flower behind her ear and she has a ball. Yes, that's it. You got to play the role, make it fantasy land for these kids. They'll love it. They'll rave about it and your camps will grow. This has been an awesome conversation, Ray. Thank you so much. Anything that we've left out? No, I think we're good. I look forward to talking more about some summer things for the more advanced students in a future podcast. And I'll say this, because you brought it up, uh, Dance Life Teacher Conference is something our listeners should consider, which Absolutely. is July 19th to the 21st in Atlantic City here in the States, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Come join us. Are you excited about doing it somewhere different, somewhere brand new? 
Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I, I, I don't like where we are. It's spectacular. And, and you know from the Phoenician Hotel, it's hard to, to find a place that is equal to the service and the, the I don't know, it's a spectacular place. I'm it sure. really is. So it's going to be different because we're at Bally's in Atlantic City. But what happened is it's going to be a really large crowd because we've had all of these followers of teachers who come to Arizona, but they could never bring their faculty and staff. And mm -hmm. this year they're coming in big groups and it's opened up the whole East Coast. And I feel like uh, I should have done it five years ago, but I didn't know. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Very good. So thank you so much for this episode, Reed. It's always lovely to chat with you. I'd encourage everybody who's listening to please jump on to iTunes and give us a rating or review if you get an opportunity, because the more ratings and review, the more love that we get for the podcast, the more we can share it with the rest of the world and dance studio owners who perhaps haven't heard it yet. If you can jump on iTunes and do that, it's really quite easy. You can subscribe to us there as well, or you can subscribe on Stitcher and Spotify to make sure you don't miss an episode. Awesome. This was a blast. So I will close off by saying when it comes to your camps, use that same creativity in your mind that you use for your choreography. Everybody has this creative side. Apply it to other places and it'll help your business grow. And as you do that, enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regal's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 